These are very squarely in the first world problems uh, section. <laughs> oh, me and my autocorrect. Yeah, it isn't weird to my dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so uh, just prepare to. Uh, It'll be great. It'll be perfect. Y'all motherfuckers don't watch us play throughout the year, to tell you the truth. I'm gonna be real with you, and I don't care if I get fined. That train is off the track. I feel like you, you can't just like jump through Neptune and be okay. Just prepare to. What the show needs is more dogs and bears and chickens and stuff. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to uh, be a watch in unbeatable goodness. Welcome Pacers fans, you are listening to The Undebeatables, your semi-weekly Pacers podcast, and this is episode 503. Coming to you from Indianapolis, Indiana, I'm your host, Joey Gafrida, the man behind the dials and season ticket holder. This show, we're going to discuss the early returns on the All-Star voting, uh, set of the week, and an undegoogleable. Joining me this show are two of our three analysts, Coast to Coast, like butter toast. First, from the high school home of Jameson Brewer, Silver Spring, Maryland, it's the doctor, Jason Triplett. What is up, Pacers fans? What is up, Undebeatables? Shout out to my nephew, Levi, who will be celebrating his second birthday on Ooh. Saturday. Shout out. Happy birthday. He's a big fan of the show. Nice. Nice. Um, I'm from Boise, Idaho, out west. It's our enforcer... John Harper. What is going on, fellas? I got nothing. Pres- Good to see you. Okay. All right. I'm not just uh, trying to scoop any more Joey stats. Pretty sure. No, no, no. That was that was uh, Charlie's fault. He, you know, he he instigated, and you uh, you. I just piled so, right on. Yeah. No, it's as all I good. do. Um. No. So. Uh, um, before we get into the show, would like to remind you that you can support us. With your uh, hard-earned cash money, and every time uh, you head over to Patreon.com/slash/Undebeatables um, for as little as a dollar a month, you can help support us. And um, for five dollars uh, a month, you get uh, a koozie sent and uh, access to our Slack channel. Um, and then we've got another uh, uh, another. Uh, private feed in there you get some shows a little bit early um but again that's uh, patreon.com slash undebeatables to help support us you know, there's a you, before we get into the show too much uh there's a, been a lot of ho- holidays going on um so it's chinese new year lunar new year mm-hmm. was uh this past friday mm-hmm. um and then uh, Valentine's Day. What are we, and Year of the Ox now? The Year yes. of the Ox, yeah. Okay. One of is, my uh, employees told me it's supposed to be an auspicious year. <laughs> that was special for Colson right there. Nice, nice. Um, and President's Day was this past Monday. So shout out to any presidents that are listening. Mm. Mm-hmm. What, are, what do you think Malcolm Brogdon was doing for President's Day? Presidenting. Oh, yeah, that's a good question. 
Hopefully beating the crap out of the Bulls. (laughs) (laughs) Presidenting. (laughs) Like I said, presidenting. Um, so the, the all-star, well, I, I want to say the all-star game is coming up soon, but cause we don't know that, uh, they're, they're planning on having an all-star game, but, uh, some of the players, uh, not as excited, but there will be, you know, the voting is still happening regardless. Um, the, the second, uh, round of, uh, voting returns have come out. Um, we will, um, I'm going to go over some of these. I think it's it's interesting. Um, and uh, on the in the Western Conference, uh, the leaders in the front they have the front court category and the guards category are, are the two that they have as biggies and smallies. Um, <laughs> LeBron James leading uh, the Western Conference, or leading the front court players and the Western Conference uh, with four point three six nine million votes. Um, Nikola Jokic in second place with 3 million votes uh, ahead of Kawhi Leonard 2.4 million votes in the top 3 in uh, the guards Steph Curry in second place overall in the west uh, with a little over 4 million votes Luka Doncic at 2.4 million and Damian Lillard 2 million in the eastern conference Giannis uh, you know had been the presumed uh, number 1 vote getter but uh Got some uh, some other uh, competitors moving into his conference, and Kevin Durant taking the overall number one spot in the East at 4.2 million votes. Uh, Giannis a slot behind him, 3.2. Uh, Joel Embiid, number three biggie, uh, three a little over three million votes. On the guards, Bradley Beal, 2.5 million. Uh, Kyrie Irving, 2.1, and James Harden at 1.8 million votes I don't know any any surprises out of that list um, I, you know I, I didn't mention anybody from Indiana um, at all uh, the highest one Damanis Sabonis is 7th in the front court for the East so um, he, that's not great Miles Turner and Malcolm Brogdon not represented notably absent yep um, Freddie Van Vliet is uh, on number 10. Is, uh, is Van Vliet having a better year than Malcolm Brogdon? He had... He's, he's had, a, had a, a, a pretty good year. I mean, I mean he's had a fine year. I'm uh, fault him. <laughs> I'm faulting the folks that are <laughs> voting for Colin Sexton and, uh, and, and yeah. Derek Rose. <laughs> Poor, the New Yorkers were stoked this year to have people and, to vote for. <laughs> Russell Westbrook. Like, he's had a bad year. Um, no, it is surprising to me that... Um, Bradley Beal is leading the guards in the East in voting. I mean, he's having a heck of a year. Uh, you know, I think he what did he started the year with twenty five points in a game and some ridiculous number of of games. Then he kind of fell off a cliff. He like broke Michael Jordan's mark or whatever. Um, but playing really good basketball for a really crappy Wizards team. Um, but it's cool to see the the fans, I guess, um, recognizing that. Beal is still doing some some special things, you know. Especially with this year, there's, you know, the guards category. You got Harden, you know, added and and Westbrook um, that other people could vote for. Um, yeah, obviously, you know, you know, we love Sabonis. I think he's going to be a, a 
surefire all-star regardless but those three <laughs> front core guys that that are sort of head and shoulders above in the voting in the eastern conference aren't going to be caught and probably deservedly so those are all you know it's the reigning mvp and two leaders in the mvp race i would say right now so um that's legit i guess no problems with that yeah i mean whatever brooklyn i mean (laughs) have these guys really been that good i mean durant irving and harden i mean they're fine they're fine i don't like them well, I mean, yeah, I, I think that their performance on the court has been less than um, maybe what, you know, on paper it should be, I guess, obviously. But obviously they're all just super popular. You know, the, the all-star voting is just a, it's a popularity contest, right? So and and they moved vote. to the biggest city. They right, could find. exactly. Yeah. Which is the same reason that Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo are ahead of Domas. Mm. Truth. I guess yeah. half the season. So. If you if if getting to the All Star game is like one of your primary objectives as an NBA player, like you got to stay out of the small markets. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's not the only thing, of course. Like uh, you know, there's there's always you know several players from small markets. But uh, what you, you know. don't think Alex Caruso deserves to be the tenth <laughs> highest voted, or Clay Thompson who hasn't played a game and is isn't it? going to. <sighs> But, you know, it, it is interesting that there are fan, you can see, like, fan, or, like, true NBA fan, I guess, like, uh, of voting, right? Like, Christian Wood is, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. been killing it in Houston. Um, and Sabonis, like, people recognize that those two guys are playing, like, really good basketball and deserve to get good votes, so. And Wiggins, cool obviously, see. he's been the lead story in just everything I've seen on NBA this year. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're just—they've already uh, inducted him into the Hall of Fame. I heard. Oh, very huh. good. Uh, yeah, as yeah. they should. Pri- it was a private ceremony, you know, to friends and family only. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to get back to this idea um, of the NBA holding an All Star game at all um, together, and sort of get your get your guys' thoughts on that. So. So their plan as current, I think, is to bring everybody into Atlanta basically for two days. Not everybody. The players that will play in the All-Star game into Atlanta um, (laughs) for two days. uh, Play the All-Star game. I think they're going to hold a three-point competition and a um, dunk contest, I believe, is the plan. Um but do everything on one day, basically, so not have two nights of events. Atlanta, the Hawks have been having fans in the stands, so I assume they would have fans for this event. Um, there are pros and cons, right? Like the pros, I guess, for the, from an NBA perspective, right, is, um, you know, you could give the fans something to watch. You make a lot of money on advertising i guess basically you keep up your relationships with turner um who is the host or you know the the tv partner for the the all-star weekend uh the cons obviously are are bringing a bunch of players together from different teams that wouldn't necessarily interact and having them all interact for an extended period of time on a court uh in the middle of a 
pandemic where you're trying to minimize they don't even allow players to uh hug one another after the game <laughs> of of the opposing team yet this is in line with their their safety thinking it it seems it's in line with their profit motive (laughs) for completely profit driven right yeah i mean it it can't really be gleaned as anything else you know i'm happy maybe courtside karen will get another shot to make up with lebron james because it's in atlanta (laughs) this year you know that'll be good it's a highlight is it but isn't atlanta like a huge strip club town oh yeah seems like a terrible place to have the all-star game this year We've got yeah. repeat offenders on this list. Right. The NBA did, there was an argument made by an NBA writer. I forget who it is right now, so I'm, I'm doing this injustice. But that, you know, the NBA is allowing all other players to travel during the break. So there's going to be a break between, you know, the first mm-hmm. half and the second half. And players are allowed to travel within the continent. No, within the United States. So you could go to Hawaii or Alaska, I guess, if you wanted to. Don't know why you would go to Alaska in March, but it's on the table. It's on the table. It's there if you want to. (laughs) Anywho, they're allowing other players to do that, and and so one argument is that uh, by by having players come to Atlanta, you're sort of limiting them from going out from exposure elsewhere or something like that. I didn't buy that argument at all because clearly people will fly to Atlanta and then fly to wherever else they were going to go. Because they're still going to go somewhere. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that argument didn't make any sense to me. I mean, most of these dudes have private jets anyway. I mean, for me, it's more the fan side of things. I mean, I just, I've never been super worried about NBA players in particular, right? Mm. Um, I mean, as long as they're, you know, being cautious for what it is, it is what it is. But, you know, I, it really depends on what Atlanta decides to do with this game. And I have a sneaking suspicion that they're going to want to get a bunch of gate money because people like money. And mm. people, it will definitely be a destination event at that point, right? For not just these players, but for everyone who will, you know, pay all the money. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean you're right. Like the ultimately you're right. The bigger concern for me is the community, right? Mm-hmm. Like are exactly. are these players going to go out into the community? Are they going to And they will. And they will. Right. That's exa- even whatever rules if, the NBA has in place. To. But so the NBA even has said they're not going to allow, they not gonna allow <laughs> no. play the go to the hotel and to the arena and that's it basically. Um we'll see if that happens. Um if you're a player, how is, I don't understand what what is the what do you gain from from doing this? Like, I mean, for most of these guys, isn't it like a twenty five thousand dollar paycheck or something? It's like a lot of money to you or me, but to these guys, it's like it's not even a game check, you know? Right. I mean, for LeBron's it. already kind of openly said, "I'm not that into it." Like, there, there hasn't been a real positive response from the players about this. Uh, My concern is that when the NBA and the NBA PA like go head to head and lock horns, the bigger, deeper pockets are with the NBA and they'll probably get what they want. Yeah. 
They can do that, but I think that there's, you know, I think, you know, the the, the uh, focus would be on LeBron, you know, to see what, you know, what, I mean, he could just sit it out, you know, like he could just say, I'm tired, it's a short, whatever. Well, but so this was my, so contractually, I guess I don't know what the obligation is. So in the CBA that that governs the relationship between the NBA and the players, it says if you're elected to the all, all-star game, you are um, obligated or whatever to to make an appearance and reasonable amount of press appearances as well or something like that. I don't know. Somebody posted this language at some point. Mm. But I was under the impression that given the the COVID situation, there was right there was a renegotiation of what the season would look like at the beginning of the season. Right? I mean, it, you know, we, we were talking about you know the players wanted to come back after you know Martin Luther King Day or something like that and. The NBA was like, yeah, no, we got to get a 72-game season. Like, we need TV money. Like, we're hemorrhaging cash. Uh, And eventually it came to that. But there was some sort of contractual agreement that they came down to. And I thought in that original agreement it was that there would be no All-Star game. And so it seems interesting to me now that, you know, the NBA is like, oh, yeah, we want to do this. I don't remember exactly what was in it. Um, I mean, I didn't. I definitely didn't read the contract. I mean, I don't know. they certainly didn't rule it out completely. I mean, I'm with you. Okay. They certainly gave the impression that it was like not something very high up on their list of to do, right? right. Um, but I suspect it was probably largely silent on the subject, and you know, there were plenty of other things to work out at the time. I mean. I mostly understand that. That's a bridge that you can get to and cross later. Sure. Um, and the Especially reality in is the, in the fluid situation where there's like vaccines being rolled out and you know all this kind of stuff, right? One hundred percent, right? I mean, LeBron is such a force that he can probably throw his weight around pretty good in this sort of situation, um, and probably have the support of almost every superstar in the league. I mean, even if it ends up being a bunch of not super duper stars because those guys bow out and lesser known names get in there. I mean, that might be interesting for us too. I mean, it doesn't solve the overarching issues that surround the thing, but if you're going to do it, it wouldn't be the worst thing for the league and some young guys, you know? I guess not. Yeah. I mean, yeah, from what I've read, this is clearly it's, it's a capitulation to Turner, right? Their broadcasting partner, which didn't benefit as much from the um, bubble experience as, say, the other TV partner, ABC, which is owned by Disney and who hosted the bubble, did, right? So Disney got more billions than Turner got, and now Turner's... Yeah, and so Turner's angry, so they want want to get something back or whatever. This is just from my cursory reading of some of the reporting surrounding this. Sounds right. Yeah, right. I mean, and it's all about future. <laughs> it's all about future TV deals, right? Like the current the current deal is the current deal, but they, you know, are going to have to renegotiate that at some point. So this is all dependent on getting eyeballs on the screen. So as you said, Harper, like if you know the LeBron Jameses and Giannis Antetokounmpo's and Kevin Durant's don't show up or whatever, are people still going to tune in? Are you going to watch if there's an All Star game? Are you going to watch? Or is the the casual NBA fan gonna? Because it's all, this is all about the casual NBA fan, right? This is all about getting mm-hmm. the people that don't normally watch to tune into an NBA event and, 
and sell them Kias or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that their odds are pretty good. I mean, as per normal, it's just at a time of the year. Football just ended. People are just hungry for sports. It's not like going sure. on, right? I mean, you yeah. got golf, and that's kind of it, right? So you got a Friday or Saturday night with, you know, all-star. You're probably going to watch it, right? Just because there's nothing else happening. You can't really go anywhere. So right. that's probably a win for them. They have a pretty captive audience. Um, I mean, it, it, you know. The NBA is on some level helping to make shape public policy in a city here. So that's like not a very ideal thing to be doing, but that seems to be what's happening. Right. There's a a SB Nation uh, article about the topic, and uh, they had a poll um, whether or not there should be a game. 61% said no. Uh, And then a follow-up one said, if there is a game, should there be? A skills competition, and fifty-one percent say yes. Mm. I mean, how was that so low? So that's a real wedge issue. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> be the defining issue of the twenty uh, twenty twenty ones. That's right. I mean, I, I I say if they play it, they should definitely do a skills competition. Come on. I mean, you're already there, right? Exactly. Well, and the other thing too is like you, you've got like the three point. You know, you can just do it with the with the people that are there. Like some some of these guys uh, only get you know they're not all stars and they're not doing other things. Like some of these guys only go for a certain event. Say no to those dudes, and then you know whoever's there, all right? You get to be a and then you a just skills a skills start person. Start buckets in the all star game because he's already there. That's right, exactly. <laughs> Or you have Sabonis do the three-point contest. Exactly. Yeah. See, we should. Or be even more hilarious, league. the dunk contest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just get him a Kia. He'll be fine. <laughs> you get a Kia. You get a Kia. <laughs> what? So Blake Griffin once jumped over a Kia. If you were mm-hmm. confronted with a Kia on a court now, how do you think he would attack it? Definitely start with the dribble. I'll tell you that. <laughs> can you can you can you fade away off a off over a Kia? Yeah, I think he's step back, step back step jumper, back, step back jumper Kia. over the Kia. Blake Griffin not on that list that I saw. Shocking turn of events. Nope. Let me double check. Nope. 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 And nope. Yeah, I think they're announcing. So th- this show will come out on Thursday, and I think they're announcing the the starters on Thursday on TNT. The um, and in the it's not strictly this fan vote that has been released. So this is accounts for fifty percent of the final tally, and then I think the media gets twenty five percent, and players get twenty five percent. Could be a little bit of shuffling, but most likely it'll be as is. Yeah, a couple of these are uh, big drop-offs. Uh, like between number four uh, in the Eastern, Jason Tatum is number four and five, and Jimmy Butler, There's it goes from 1.6 million to votes to 0.6 million votes. Mm-hmm. So I think that one's probably settled. Yeah. I, the other thing here, too, is that there's like a, you know, there's certainly an injury carve-out, so. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> the week before the game. Bunch of guys might have some nagging injuries. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Right. Good point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
like we mentioned, the, several of the players have been relatively vocal about it. You know, LeBron's quote was that it seems like a slap in the face. You know, and after you know the short off season and, and all the you know other precautions that you know, and then some of these guys in particular, uh, you know, if there are summer Olympics, you know, they're gonna be there uh, mm. with all this other stuff that's going on, and yeah. you know, and that's a, admittedly is a small group, but it's gonna overlap uh, pretty heftily with with the All Star game, you yeah. think? So indeed it will, and you know. uh, yeah. I don't think it's lost on anyone here that there's like dangerous new variants out there too. This is like not a super great time to be pushing the envelope on this stuff. So yeah, NBA has historically done a great job. This seems like a terrible idea. We'll see where it lands. I'm hoping, uh, well, then, and then Indy, of course, you know, bumped to the back of the list. Uh, you know, I think 2024 would be when the, when the all-star game uh, would be rescheduled here, but yeah, that's a whole nother question is that why is Atlanta question. when Indi- Indianapolis oh, I, is like actually taking conventions and stuff like I that. I just like, assumed it's because that's where Turner is. I guess so. Okay. But how does Turner benefit from because they don't have to pay money to travel? Yeah. It's less It's less risk for their employees because it's in the same city. Okay. You can stay at home. All right. Well. All right, I'll delay I mean, my plans for the... So what is it going to be in Indianapolis now? 2024? 2024, I believe. Can't even book things that far out. Nope. Well, when you when you put that many zeros on a check, they'll, uh, they'll make exceptions for people. I'll make some calls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Harper, you can't book things uh, oh, okay. in, <laughs> gotcha. in 2024. Need those Turner zeros? <laughs> all right well let's take a let's take a quick break and uh we'll be back in the second half with uh, an undergoogable and maybe a colson and maybe a colson <laughs> back from the break uh i've taken a, a quick stroll around the house and um i stumbled upon something and it's uh john colson how you doing hey um <laughs> was i at your house or you just stumbled upon me on your computer no you were out in the yard uh, you know <laughs> underneath a tree way to get him indoors That's yeah fair. it's cold out it's gonna no no, no he's lot. in the garage i'm not letting him in the house okay fair enough He's done his with his shift as a, a lawn ornament. 
<laughs> so Colson will be here to to finish up the show. Um, the Thanks first for letting me on. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I I got banned from the first half. Uh, but uh, thanks for letting me do the second half with you guys. You owe us, okay? I, well, I've I've taken my uh, punishment. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no more kneeling down the outro during the outro. That's, uh, that's, that's right. Already <laughs> a show and a half suspension. That's right. The a couple of things we want to talk about in the second half here. The first one's my stat of the week. Joey, stat of the week. And uh, this was from an article I was reading over on Ars Technica. Um, there was a, uh, um, this is in France, this is an archaeology story, so uh, not, not, not basketball related, but... Um, archaeology heavy on the stats, too, yep. so this is going to be interesting. <laughs> so Looking one for stat that number. <laughs> is uh, 1931, which is a number. Um, also, it's a year. Um, and in France, uh, I think Toulouse, France, um, there was a, a conch shell found. And um, when they found it back then, they uh, they thought it was like a, a broken drinking cup. Um, but since then, there's been a, a, a recently another uh, look back at the, at the site. Um, and it was discovered that um, this... The shell was actually an eighteen thousand year old, uh, basically a trumpet. Uh, it's like a you know, uh, hmm. conch shell trumpet. Uh, so they took it uh, to um, the University of Toulouse, and a horn player and musicology researcher uh, became the first person in eighteen thousand years to play this conch shell. Uh, and there's the recording of the sound. It's super cool. Um, it, it it there's the article kind of goes into some detail about the some construction of it. They they took some like you know high resolution CT scans to look at some of the um, uh, construction of it. Um, so it, it, that's the kind of thing you do when you're when you're uh, uh, a you band know. geek. Uh, no, well, <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say an archaeologist. Um, oh sure sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> But it was it's it's very cool. So there there's a uh, yeah this uh, this trumpet sat around for eighteen thousand years and and got played again. So wait, um, so it had like valves and stuff like a trumpet no, has valves. They okay. don't have those. Um, and in that sort of that's addressed some in the article. There that, that a lot of you know a lot of those instruments do have those. This one does not. Um, but there is essentially a um, they believe that there was a mouthpiece on there. Um, so. Uh, to mm. give like a better surface that so the the sort of tip of the shell had been broken off um, to that's where you blow um, so that had been broken off with tools and it seemed like it was actually like a pretty um, uh, delicate and involved process but uh, uh, so uh, but yeah they, they attach a mouthpiece on there uh, it's not it's not very uh, it's not probably the most expressive instrument but it's uh uh, it works. Does it give us a chance to find out who won the Lord of the Flies? Mm. Right. I feel like we mm. should be able to get a definitive answer on that now. I, I also wonder if this is the actual Ocarina of Time. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Of Zelda. That's good. That's yep. a good question. I, yep. I was actually wondering if this is the original "That's What She Said" joke. But <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna. I was gonna give us. 
credit for nobody making. <laughs> yeah, but I'm here <laughs> now. I'm, yeah. that's, that's why I got banned from the first half of the show. I think. <laughs> if it's any consolation, my over under was five seconds, and we t- we got the over. We yeah, I, I agree. Um, I do have I do have a question, Joe. Uh, do, do they like did they um like figure out spittle? I mean, is that is that how they decided that someone's I, like were they like scanning for spittle? Is that how they figured out someone was blowing into this thing? No, I think they they uh, uh, some people had done research in, in other parts of the world that that these instruments were were made other places as well. Okay, um, but this is just older and uh, 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 yeah, I think this more is, basic or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, another thing that's interesting is that uh, another number. If you you seem to need your precious numbers so much, um, uh, <laughs> that this is eighty miles from the sea, um, and so it seemed like there was a, a you know relatively mm. good um, uh, you know trading system going on. That the uh, yeah, so it's not like this conch just uh, you know washed up on the shore. No, 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 no. It's. Uh, it uh, was, you know, probably picked up on the beach and and traded, traded away inland. So, well, I mean, I think you'll recall that famous song. Um, I will walk eighty miles <laughs> to play you a conch. <laughs> so I'm sure that's what happened. Somebody just grabbed the conch, walked eighty miles, and played. I don't it. remember that song. Can you can you think you can sing a little bit of the melody to? <laughs> sure, it's to remind like, me. I would walk eighty miles. <laughs> I know that's all I got. That was on the stone okay. board top forty for sure. Yes. <laughs> well done. <laughs> all right, team. Um, that's my uh, science for the week. That's awesome. That awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. Thank you. I think so. We're gonna do it under Google, but but first, before we do that, um, we want to talk a little bit more about T.J. McConnell um, as a potential uh, winner of the Sixth Man of the Year award. He is like really high on some of the statistical lists, um, like assists and and uh, what's well and steals. Steals. He's doing really well overall in the league, and he doesn't start, um, which is a, a little bit of a hindrance, like. Not having uh, time on the floor, um, but he's still uh, doing super great. Um, Colson, you uh, you're, you're a little late to the conversation. Do you, do you think he's uh, got a, a claim on that? Uh, it kind of surprised me to even think about uh, him in the you know running for this award because we think about um, guys like uh, Jordan Clarkson on Utah, right? Who just comes out and gets buckets, um, but. What T.J. McConnell is doing is unheard of, right? I mean, he's he's in the top 10 in assists in the league, and he's coming off the bench. You know, I think your stat of the week last week, Joe, was that he'd uh, done something that nobody had done in 25 years, which was, you know, um, get 41 points, you know, or earn 41 points through, through scoring and assists off the bench. Um, you know, he is... Uh, so integral to what we do he plays a lot with the starting lineup but he also runs that second unit and to be able to do both of those things um, I think yeah I think he probably should be considered for the sixth man of the year Um, and um, I think we need to start this campaign as a as a podcast am I wrong 
No, I don't think you're wrong. Uh, I think that that's a, it's, it's a good plan, and I think that we should get Jeremiah Johnson to make one of those cool videos that he did for uh, Miles Turner's uh, All-Star campaign, I guess. So we can have DPOY and Six Men of the Year on the same team. It's going to be crazy. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I like it. Uh, there's certainly some other good players out there. I mean, Clarkson is 17.5 points a game, hmm. 4.5 rebounds, and he's shooting 39% from three-point land. Uh, Chris Butcher in Toronto is 14 points a game, a couple of blocks, 6.5 rebounds, and 44% from three-point land. That is really, wow. really good. Mm-hmm. But also wow. puts him in potentially a most improved player sort of territory. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Eric Gordon, Shake Milton, and Terrence Ross are also on that short list here. They're having really good respective seasons. Eric Gordon obviously is a, you know, sort of a perennial uh, guy to show up on this list as well. But, I mean, I'm with you. To be 6.8 assists a game off the bench and, you know, fifth in the league in, in steals, and I, I don't know, he's having a heck of a year, and he deserves all the credit. So I watched the Atlanta game with the Atlanta announcers. And they just could not stop talking about T.J. McConnell. Um, mm. You know, they just talk. He's he's a force, right? I mean, he just, you know, and on some level, like he he's um, he makes some bad turnovers because he's trying things, you know. He, um, but in that sense, he is just sort of this. Um, he's playing with reckless abandon. Uh, he works his butt off on defense. We've talked about this a million times. He steals like one game a. Uh, you know, uh, steals the ball one time a game off of a inbounds play. He's just everywhere, and um, I, I just, I, I it, it's been really fun to root for him. But like, I didn't, I guess, uh, considering him as as one of the most important six men in the league is is pretty exciting. I think we should be doing it. Yeah, I listened to the uh, uh, Indiana announcers for that, and Quinn Buckner makes fun of Chris Denary every time now when uh, TJ McConnell's on the floor because Denary is a big stat keeper. So something will happen. The Pacers obviously scored a bucket, and then there's going to be an inbound. So Chris Denary's like looking down at his sheet, and it, he misses the near steal every time when <laughs> McConnell's on the floor. And Quinn Buckner just gives him shit. <laughs> it's like, come on, man, watch the game. What are you doing? That's great. I think it will be a bit of an uphill battle just because he's only averaging about five points a game, which is, in point of fact, a season or a career low for him over the course of a season. Mm. Interesting, um, but it's because he's doing all the other stuff, right? He's a super unselfish player, and he's doing the things that need to be done to help his team win. And if that doesn't scream six man at you, I don't know what does. Right, exactly. I mean, it, I think he has no shot at this award, but I think <laughs> that he is the prototypical bench guy that that makes teams really good in the nba and that's sort of the point i wanted to make yeah well i mean the thing is he's over the last six games he's averaging uh 9.3 assists and 1.7 steals right i mean we just did um the uh assists the most assists on the pacer team uh for the last eight years you know on our 500 pod and nobody averaged nine assists on this team. I think the number one was 7.8. Um, I think Oladipo averaged like 1.9 steals for a season. Now, granted, I know it's only six games, but like that's that's a lot of 
um, statistics and it's coming off a bench in limited uh, minutes and it's it's very impressive um, you know you start putting yourself in those conversations where people are looking at you know the most assists in the league and they come across this bench guy at the top 10 like you know he can be he can be at the table he can be a part of the conversation right uh, I know this goes this will go to the person that scores the most points off the bench but I think he should be at the table all right Last thing we got for you uh, is an undegoogable. Oh, are we doing undegoogables? That was the plan. Super excited. Um, you told us we had to. He said we signed up for it. In the end, it's going to be better and more true than Google can give you. This one came in. Uh, Colson, this one's been on your mind. Um, what, is it, what does it mean when it's raining cats and dogs? Well, it means Those, it's, it's raining a lot. Is what it means. Okay. Raining real hard. Done. Like real, raining like real, real hard. hard. Yep. We've never done this All one right. before? Have we not done this one before? This sounds super familiar. But I also have no memory. Yeah, but these I got days. nothing. So we can do the exercise again. <laughs> you, you curate these, so you I, are aware. I promise that we we've not, not done, done this before. Right? Okay. Correct. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, maybe, maybe the four of us have debated this. I think that's where it comes over from. Over beers I, I, at a bar or something. Yes. Like that. I or, okay. or or like it was a conversation at some point in you know high school on a Sharknado or, break. Know, Mm. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. not been it's not been put on wax. Okay. Okay. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Sharknado. It's raining sharks. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's better, right? That's a better saying. It's raining sharks. Also, um I, one of my favorite things is to like watch a movie um where it's just like pouring rain for like half the movie. And it's like that's not really how rain works, you know. Like it doesn't it doesn't just come down in sheets for hours on end. But that's how mood and man versus nature work. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, fair enough. But like you know, it like lightens up occasionally. I mean, if you want to start talking about things that uh, don't match up with the real world, uh, we can start a, a pretty hefty list. Um, Joey doesn't watch movies for a lot of these reasons. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Because mm-hmm. that fake rain. So, my instinct about this is that it goes to the fact that cats and dogs do not get along, and so the rain—it's raining angrily. Mm. It's raining, raining like, like there's that. a fight between cats and dogs going on. Okay, that's very like good. A, like a cat and dog fight, you know? It's thunder and lightning and. It's just chaos. It's just chaos. Right. It's just like cats and dogs okay. living together. <laughs> Mass hysteria. Mass hysteria. That's right. Um, so I, I vaguely recall that there was uh, the idea that um, cats and dogs would, li- would would like hang out on roofs. And when it rained so much that they couldn't, it would like it would force them off the roof and they would jump off the, the roof. Huh. Okay. And what? I, so it was like very literal, right? Like like it's raining so much that cats and dogs are like falling from the roof. Hmm. 
I will say I've had like there's a neighbor cat that hops up on my roof, um, but like I don't know about do- how are dogs getting on a roof? Chasing I mean, cats. Like, you know, it's, like, <laughs> 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 it's this single story. I don't know. You hop on I mean, some stuff. I don't know. Yeah, I'm with Joey. I can see cats occupying lots of roofs, yeah. but also dogs. Dogs, dogs coming crazy. down. Not not a good chance of success there. I was I was going right. full morbid to begin right. with. Like I, I feel like this is probably like some weird medieval thing where there was no plumbing or anything. So like it would rain super hard, the city would flood, and cats and dogs would just drown. Mm. Right? Oh, and they'd be like in the streets and the sewers and stuff, and then it'd be like, Oh, it's raining so hard that it's raining. Mm. Oh yeah. I mean that sounds That's like some nasty right. stuff that could happen in medieval London to me. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, mine was like nicer. It was like cats were sunning on the roof and yeah, enjoying yeah. themselves. It's and much then, nicer and then it started raining. It's got my vote. <laughs> and it jumped down. Oh, no, I think you're probably right, Harper. That's gross. They're just like the gutters are full of dead cats and dogs. Oh. Glad I brought this one up. <laughs> Wait, so we think that, so you guys think this is a, a medieval origin? Like this is a. Pre Shakespeare, pre uh, Chaucer. This is Chaucer esque. I feel like this is Chaucer esque, right? I mean, you know, we, you know, we've we've talked uh, often about when do we domesticate uh, dogs and cats, and that's basically since the dawn of time, right? So, like, that doesn't really help us in our timeline. Correct. Um, My assumption is that a certain level of population density needs to happen in order for rampant dog and cat populations to take hold, independent Mm. of... So I would go like early industrial revolution-y sort of time period. Oh, you're moving... Okay. Mm. Okay. It sounds like something Chaucer would say, but if that's the answer, it would, to my mind, have to come much later. So, but my vote's for Coulson, because it's less dark. So, yeah. (laughs) It's just... Happy cats on sunning on roofs. I like Shakespeare for that. <laughs> now, okay, okay, I, I, but it, it does. Or, it does or seem fal- like... falconry would be some low hanging fruit here too. <laughs> <laughs> it's like dropping cats and dogs from the sky when it rains. <laughs> uh, what about like um, uh, Pulp Fiction? You know, like they're always trying to come up with like really. Um, vibrant metaphors you know like what if the first like something from the 20s like yeah what if the first usage of this is uh, yeah (laughs) the first usage of this is like pulp fiction and like a you know um some sort of like a spine or a a private detective private detective novel yeah in like in like yeah the 20s or something maybe that's too late i feel like uh, yeah i'm i feel like harper's right and i'm just bummed yeah, <laughs> I'd like it to be film noir or film noir or uh, Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Well, what you got, Joey? So there is—it's another one of these that is uh, unknown etymology. Oh, um, actually, undegoogleable. Damn it. Yeah. So there's, but the thing is that there's—we we touched on a fair amount of these. Uh, Harper's. Uh, 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 idea of uh the a bunch of uh, <laughs> corpses in the street uh, is one of the oh, uh, it, it's great. it's high on the list great <laughs> um there's another one there's a greek word um 
Cadadupe uh, refers to the waterfalls on the Nile, uh, which could have been um, cats and dogs. Cadadupe. Yeah, um, you know, it was a waterfall would be loud. Um, there's another one, Catadoxa. It's another a Greek expression which means contrary to experience or belief. Um, but that could be like it's raining so hard that you can't believe it. Um, it seems like a stretch. I mean, uh, lots of things are a stretch that I, in these uh, in these shows. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm seeing the the first recorded uh, use of a similar phrase it was in 1651. Yeah. Uh, Shakespeare Prime right British there. Henry Vaughn referred to a roof that was secure against dogs and cats rained in shower. And then uh, Richard Brom a year later uh, in his comedy City Wit uh, had a phrase, it shall rain dogs and pole cats, which I guess are similar to a weasel or something. And then Jonathan Swift used it in 1738. Boy, we don't we don't go to Swift often enough in our guesses. It's because he's literally never shown up. <laughs> hmm. So sixteen. Really so 1600s was the first um, printed usage of it. Mm-hmm. So I'm seeing that uh, Odin. Yeah, I like that one. Did you say this already, Joey? No. Okay, Odin was often pictured with dogs and wolves, which were symbols of wind. Witches uh, rode their brooms during storms. Were Not a lot has changed cats. since Norse times. Right. <laughs> right, right. So raining cats and dogs, just just kind of a windstorm. Yeah. Yeah. Wind and rain. I like that. I like that one that, very much. That makes yeah. sense to me, yeah. A false theory stated that cats and dogs used to cuddle into thatched roofs during storms and then be washed out during heavy rains. So similar to my cat sunning on the roof theory. Yeah. I mean... Mm-hmm. Is false, okay. I mean, as long as you properly maintain your thatch roof, yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's <laughs> really key. Sure. <laughs> so it could have originated in a place where you just didn't have somebody that knew how to make, a, make that truths. Just everywhere I've ever been. So wait, so wait, just a, like a, a wet uh, thatch roof would just like allow the cat to fall through the roof during a storm? Like Naturally water no. resistant when done well, apparently. Yeah, exactly. The whole point of a roof is to not let the water or and anything then- through. And the cat cats, had sort of dug into dogs. it. <laughs> okay, I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out. Wait, not cats cat or is. dogs? Neither. Okay. Pole cats? Maybe pole Maybe cats. a pole Maybe. cat. Okay. They're slippery. <laughs> um, so what are we going with, since we get to decide? Mm. I like Jason's the best. That, that can be our new truth. Which is? Oh, mine. just that! It, oh, that it's just angry. Yeah, it's chaos. It sounds like I a, like the know, Odin. I think that, comes that is from pretty cool. Similar vein. Yeah, sure. I'm yeah, not going with Harper's. Right. No, no me either. I hate mine. Yeah, I'm, 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 yeah. 
so it's it's just that we had these images from from lore uh, long ago, and uh, you know connected to storminess, and it just became a phrase over time, and was eventually printed in sixteen hundreds. So it seems. Sounds like language. That could be our truth. So it seems. Well, team, it's been great. I think we are uh, out of time for this show. We'll be back with you next week to uh, well, to do more of the same is what we're going to do. Um, you can hit us up on social media. We're on Twitter at Undebeatables. We're on Facebook.com slash The Undebeatables. Uh, our website is TheUndebeatables.com. There's a contact form there. You can send us a message. Uh, you can send us an email, shoutout at theunbeatables.com, and you can support us at patreon.com slash undebeatables for as little as a dollar per month. And we got t-shirts for sale on the website slash store. Uh, who sung the Monday outro? Uh, Jason. I did. How, how'd it go? Very well. It was, yeah. I cried. Oh, God. <laughs> now there's all this pressure. Oh, don't worry. You're not going to be better, so it's just fine. Yeah, why did you ask? <laughs> so just, just wing it, right? <laughs> like I always do. I definitely got the intro perfect. So no, <laughs> oh, damn it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, uh, how's it go uh, for yes. the arch- <laughs> for the architect Donnie Walsh and our once and always Hall of Fame coach Bobby Sixleonard. Turn out the lights, the party's over. Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> that's, that's, that's for the lovers, Joey. That was for the lovers. Oh, wow. Uh, why, why do you hate them so sounds. much? <laughs> they kept him at the restaurant way too late. That's true. That's right. That's true. Were you now, serenading? I, just want them to go, I want them to go home. <laughs> <laughs> Are you flipping the lights on and off and then yelling that uh, into the microphone? No, I prepared no, a special right. song for you on this <laughs> lovely right. evening. That's right. Uh, here's your check and the party's <laughs> over! <laughs> Go home and have sex already. Jeez. <laughs> Woohoo! Whee!